A History of Light for the Artist, Volume 1, From the Big Bang to the Renaissance. A narrative by W.C. Turk. A critic once asked Claude Monet, What, sir, is the subject matter of that painting? Monet replied, The subject matter, my dear good fellow, is the light. Chapter 1. The Artist and the Ultimate Feedback Loop John 1.5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Steps. We begin with steps in the evolution of thought by the dominant species arguably on this planet. We are talking about, of course, Homo sapiens. And I say arguably the dominant species because whether or not we are dominant depends fully on how that word is framed. There are more than 8.5 million known species of plant and animal on Earth. It is believed that the number represents only about 10% of all the known life on land and in the oceans of this planet. Rats outnumber humans by between 3 and 7 billion, with roughly the same number of mice globally. At any given time, there are an estimated 10 quintillion insects on this planet. Science has only identified fewer than 1 million of an estimated 30 million species. There are about 4,600 known species of cockroaches, with between 50 and 70 in North America alone. But for sheer dominance, but for sheer number dominance, the lowly virus and bacteria take the cake. According to the virology blog about viruses and viral disease at www.virology.ws, there are 10 to the 31 virus particles in the oceans alone. As for bacteria, a prevailing school of thought indicates that our bodies are not only filled with bacteria, but that many, perhaps most, of the cells in our bodies are evolutionary co-opted bacteria that our own conscious and subconscious derives in part from that collective. Context is everything. For sheer brain size, Homo sapiens barely makes the top five. Number one, the sperm whale has a brain weighing seven kilograms or about 17.5 pounds. Number two, the blue whale weighs in at 5 kilograms, or about 12.5 pounds. The elephant's brain, at number three, is 10.5 pounds. Homo sapiens, at number four, weighs in at 2.7 pounds. While the walrus, at number five, comes in at about 2.4 pounds. Be careful about getting too complacent in that number four slot, though. The giant Pacific octopus has a brain comprised of 64 lobes, and nearly two-thirds of their neurons are located in their arms. Brazilian researcher Dr. Susana Herculano Huzel found that on average the human brain has 86 billion neurons, slightly less than a third of an elephant's 257 billion, so that's out. Many larger animals, cats, dolphins, apes, dogs, all seem to incorporate a sense of obligation and loyalty and often act within nurturing and simple communal bonds and behavior, which would seem to exclude human ethics and morality, which are broken and abused all the time. After all, no other species in our known universe engages in the ultimate breach of ethics and morality, genocide. We are therefore left with but two dominant features of the human species. 
That is if we exclude a preeminent penchant for self-destructive and potentially planet-killing behaviors. The first is, of course, technology and innovation. That is evident in the multitude of platforms from which you might be reading this or hearing this narrative. The second, however, is far less defined, but orders of magnitude more important to our evolution, and that is culture. We are looking for those markers in the artistic, anthropological, and archaeological records that indicate precisely where culture took over from biological drivers as a dominant catalyst of human evolution. Joseph Henrich, anthropologist and professor of psychology and economics and research chair in culture, cognition, and coevolution at the University of British Columbia in Canada, is researching that very question. Henrich believes that manual dexterity, the ability to manipulate rocks and stones into usable tools and then innovate on those manipulations, are a part of that evolution. He points to teaching and communicating cooking and fire-making skills and knowledge, for example, as important evolutionary building blocks of humanity's cultural foundations. There is growing belief that culture and communal knowledge at some point in our ancient past outpaced biologically driven evolution. By correlating innovations and achievements over the last 230,000 years, we can see a relationship between innovation and accelerated culture driven evolution. The arts stand front and center at virtually every data point along that path. But we begin that story much, much earlier. In fact, our story begins 13.8 billion years ago, or 13.787 billion years, plus or minus 0.02 billion years, be exact. The, the 0.02 represents some 20 million years to show the scale of time we are describing. The number, without geeking out too much, is derived from measurements from numerous sources, all arriving at similar observations. Those sources including measuring the predicted microwave background radiation, measurements of the oldest stars and galaxies, and observations on the current expansion rate of the universe by, essentially, running the clock backwards. The numbers and their validity are important here because it is foundational to our journey. So 13.8 billion years it is. After all, what's 20 or so million years among friends at this scale? Actually, the story really begins a bit later than that, about 10 seconds after our current universe was created. That is when the first photons, the curious little bundles of information energy artists perceive as light, came into existence from the unimaginably hot, dense eruption of the Big Bang, or, for those who prefer the theory of a more cyclical universe, the Big Bounce. They are the first indications within the infinite dark void heralding the birth of our current creation. They are the basic constituents for a universe of art to follow. Close your eyes and imagine trillions of points of light percolating into existence, rushing outward in every direction, an effervescent cloud defining the ever-expanding boundaries of our nascent universe. All this means is that photons are about as fundamental to the universe as one can find. The artist, therefore, is the shepherd to light. By extension, not all that much extension, if we measure truth by the level of illumination in defining the clarity of fundamental paradigms, then the artist has a responsibility to illuminate the minds of a viewer or audience. 
Unlike every other particle in the universe, the photon might have the capacity to exist forever, or nearly forever, perhaps because it has absolutely no mass and is everything at once, wave, particle, energy. The photon embodies, at every moment of its virtual eternal existence, what is far less defined in every particle and every quanta of energy. Not bad for something that zips around endlessly while carrying an immense amount of information about our universe. The photon is the velocity regulator for our universe and the ultimate measure of time and distance. It carries the age and fate of the universe. The oldest archaeological photons are at least 13.4 billion years old. The oldest known physical object in the observable universe is a tiny irregular galaxy dubbed GNZ11. Located in the constellation Ursa Major, GNZ11 is, or was, little more than three to five thousand light years across, a mere fraction of our own Milky Way galaxy. The distance to GNZ11 is determined by measuring the redshift of known molecules or atoms. The greater the redshift, the greater the distance. That, courtesy of our little friend the photon. And what those photons reveal to us about GNZ11 is that by our current understanding of the universe, we are seeing what may be one of the very first congregations of matter capable of producing the first stars, and perhaps life, eight and a half billion years before the formation of our own sun. Astronomers estimate the galaxy's stellar age at roughly 40 million years after the Big Bang, close to the end of the so-called Dark Age of the universe, the earliest time when the photon and light was possible. GNZ11 is perhaps as close as we will get to that moment when the first lights of our universe began flickering into existence. The unfolding and nascent universe is a chaotic and tumultuous place spinning out eddies and multidimensional fractals that become spiraling galaxies, storms, DNA, and spring greenery. It is, researchers discovered, according to a 2005 paper in the journal Nature, titled, Early Universe Was a Liquid, a Perfect Fluid. That becomes important later, and don't worry, this all relates directly to the arts, as we shall see. Our interest, however, is with light itself. Cosmologists identify the period immediately following the beginning of our universe as the start of the so-called photon epoch, which lasted for the next several hundred thousand years. Granted, this is an unorthodox place to begin an exploration of creativity and design, but for any true exploration of creativity and design, that is the only place to begin. It is, as the story contends, where our entire concept of design originated and where creativity was born. The interesting and necessary aspect of our little photon, which is also important to our exploration of the origins of design, is the duality of its existence. The artist depends upon it, exploring, manipulating it to purpose, as so boldly and stunningly executed by the Dutch master painter Johannes Vermeer. October 31st, 1632 to December 15, 1675, or the lost paintings of the 5th century BC Greek painter Xerxes. It was the Roman historian Pliny the Elder who claimed that Xerxes' painting of grapes was so real that birds descended to peck them. 
Pliny went on to describe how Xerxes was bested by another Greek painter, Parhasius of Ephesus. Returning with Xerxes to his studio, Parhasius asked him to look behind curtains adorning a wall. Xerxes reached to find the curtains were painted. From the diffused light of the Impressionist to the crisp, inexhaustible detail of Russia's Ilya Repin's religious procession in Kursk province, all of it made possible by our friend the Photon. Recently, a third property of light, torque, or the ability to twist and turn may have been discovered. According to researchers reporting in the Journal of Science, June 28, 2019, they describe torque as a potential quality of light. How about having the ability to shine a flashlight around corners? That isn't completely pertinent to the story, but it's kind of neat. The photon epitomizes the quantum nature of the universe in that it is both a particle and a wave and is as much a something as it is virtually nothing. If that sounds contradictory, the nature of matter and reality is fundamentally contradictory. Reality may be a perspective and not at all an integral or necessary function of our universe. What we perceive and assign to be reality is the brain's interpretation and the natural interaction of the constituent aspects, note that I did not say part or particles, of our universe. Reality and its cousin, meaning, requires a pathway, a host, a feedback loop. Ours has built-in limits and fallibilities. Our eyes are tuned and our brain structured to gaze in wonder at the darkness of a starry night. We perceive the universe within a narrow band of electromagnetic spectrum. However, if we were able to perceive, say, X-rays, infrared, gamma ray, or radio waves, that sky would light up to an intense and vibrant spectacle. That sky would pulse and flash and reveal a far more active, even violent, reality. It would quickly overwhelm our brain at least as it has evolved. Our eyes and brains would be fundamentally different if we had to perceive that broader electromagnetic spectrum. And then there's this. Life on our planet would not exist without light and the photon. Researchers from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology were able to narrow the timeline in Earth's early history when cyanobacteria evolved oxygenic photosynthesis. The development of oxygenic photosynthesis allowed bacteria to turn light and water into energy and released oxygen into our nascent atmosphere in the process. Think of it first like this. The DNA in that first bacteria mingled freely within those simple cells. The organization of cellular DNA into nuclei would make possible all living life on Earth. The MIT team, using gene analyzing techniques, were able to describe a common photosynthesizing ancestor about 2.9 billion years ago. Further, they were able to derive an approximate age when cyanobacteria separated from earlier bacteria at around 3.4 billion years ago. Over hundreds of millions of years, that process flooded oxygen into the atmosphere and set the stage for the exquisite complexity of life for flora and fauna, which we experience here on this planet today. Again, thanks to those pesky photons. Just for spits and giggles, let's follow the path of a single photon from the start of time, or at least from those first nascent stars blinking on around or within GNZ11, 13.5 billion years ago, or 13.5 billion light years away.
Bear in mind that our photon is traveling at 186,282 miles per second, the speed of, well, light. Why that exact and precise speed? We still don't know. It is, however, the ultimate regulator for speed throughout our universe. Most likely that speed limit is imbued by the universe rather than the photon. Nothing, not even the photon in our known universe, exceeds the speed of light, including light. We know these photons have survived nearly for the entire lifespan of the universe. They are the archaeological relics of the infancy of our current reality. The echoes or haze resulting from the Big Bang is measurable and exactly where it was predicted to be at the gamma ray wavelengths of photons in the electromagnetic spectrum. This odd, infinitesimally small thing is both a particle and a wave and holds the possibility of angular momentum as well with strange abilities and a single unique and often overlooked characteristic. The photon is hardly just the light we see, but the fundamental information delivery system for the universe. The photon is the force carrier for one of the four fundamental forces of nature, the electromagnetic field, or EMF, which affects electrically charged particles like protons, positive, and electrons, negative. The electromagnetic field is the fundamental glue that binds all matter. Essential to that function is that the photon itself has no electrical charge. Moreover, imbued within or about the photon is time, distance, and the transmission of information that describes temperature, gravity, and more. Not bad for something that virtually doesn't exist. Without the photon, our universe simply would not exist, and we would not have the necessary references to establish reality. All of this is essential for life as we know it and imperative to the artist. Indeed, light and the photon are religion to the artist. Moreover, in combination with a functioning eye and brain, the photon creates the ultimate feedback loop in giving our universe meaning. Simply, the idea of the feedback loop may also prove to be a universal paradigm, like wave structure, reflective angles, the spiral, and the circumference of a circle. The feedback loop pertaining to the EMF describes how charged particles generate both electric and magnetic fields, which interact with one another. Those fields then act upon particles which move in space, generating more electrical and magnetic fields, and so on and so forth. There won't be a quiz, but it's important to understand everything is, well, it's connected. Moreover, the universe is a visual and artistic place, quantified by mathematics. That will become important in our discussion of the discovery of perspective a bit later. It also helps to make our case for the importance of surrealism and abstract art. First, however, it is critical to begin with a definition of our physical reality. Truly, the feedback loop begins with the photon. Photons communicate an astounding amount of information about our universe. Virtually everything we know about our universe and reality begins, begins with that simple elementary wave particle. Even our perception of what reality means to our species, to every species on the planet, is predicated in large part by information gleaned from the photon. And the information imbued in that curious little quanta of energy is astounding. Take, for example, an October 2017 experiment published in Nature Communications by researchers at the University of Geneva, Switzerland, in which a single photon revealed the quantum entanglement between 16 million atoms in a crystal. 
that from Nature Communications and the University of Geneva, Switzerland. The point here is an illustration of the immense and incredibly diverse amount of information about our universe revealed by the photon. Its resiliency is unparalleled with the ability to change from particle to wave and back again, to slow down when it passes through a medium such as a pane of glass and then resume its exacting original speed without additional energy or force being applied, seemingly a contradiction to laws of motion. We can think about the fundamental subatomic particles as infinitesimally small points which vibrate but which also radiate from that imperceptibly small point as wave fluids displacing empty space. We call that matter. Unlike our photon friend, changing the nature of matter requires an immense amount of energy. Our photon, pardon the pun, accomplishes that free of charge. But it is also the definition of time, or at least one definition of time, a commodity sublimely important to autonomous and mortal creatures. The foundational measure of time is the light year. That too is a bit subjective, at least to our species and our planet, which takes 365 days to orbit our parent star. That is a meaningless standard to anyone not from this planet. In fact, we are trapped within the paradigm of our own values and understandings of time in measuring the speed of light, a keen topic of conversation for our first face-to-face -face with aliens. Collectively, photons encountered by the eye and falling upon the rods and cones of the retina communicate the 10 million or so shades of color the human eye perceives. The eye's ability to collect and disseminate a breathtaking amount of information in virtually real time reveals an evolutionary complexity which hints at a theory of creativity which we will come to in due course. The eye, from insects to reptiles, amphibians, birds, mammals, and people, synthesize not only color, but distance and proximity, light and dark, texture, motion, temperature, even time. The eye and brain gather and interpret and codify our perspective and our interpretation of reality. The act of simply choosing the right color to paint an object before us engages a dizzying array of actions and choices impulses, and near-instantaneous chemical reactions, not only of the eye, brain, and hand, but of our body and facial gestures. Memories and emotions are awakened, stored, deciphered, parceled. It can affect our heart rate and our metabolic processes. Is there a more visceral description of perceptions of reality? But there is a far larger story of the, at least here on Earth, the proper accounting for a little wayward photon. Fast forward about 13.8 billion years later, give or take a million years. A tentative branch of primates on a small rocky planet orbiting an exceedingly average yellow dwarf star roughly midway out upon the disk of the galaxy discovers the utility in glassy obsidian as a cutting tool. Or maybe they just like shiny objects and arrived at its utility as an aside. Regardless, that simple discovery by our distant most ancestors began a love affair which would ultimately illuminate untold mysteries of the universe on both the micro and macro scales. More on that shortly, but since we are all about perspectives, mankind has only existed for all of its hubris in a fraction of a fraction of the blink of the universal eye. If the universe was a clock beginning 13.8 billion years ago at midnight, with noon, the current universal time, 
our planet only accreted into existence sometime around 8 o'clock in the morning. The first life appears in the fossil record around 9.30 a.m. Life on land about three seconds before noon. Mankind's earliest ancestors only appeared hundredths of a second before noon. Our experience with the universe is a conundrum. The earliest known appearance of our distinct species, Homo sapiens sapiens, dates to roughly 350,000 years ago. If we average the age of a human female to reproduce at 19 years of age, that gives us just over 18,400 generations, give or take a couple of hundred or so. This author spent years researching just 15 generations, near the limit of the emergence of surnames for non, very non, nobility at about 1500 AD, fractions of a percent in the lifespan of the species. Still, that represents a massive amount of time for a mortal creature and 350,000 years is imperceptible against the age of the universe. Perspective is everything, just as our perceptions of reality are everything, to humanity that is. Back to our feedback loop. There is one additional aspect of the feedback loop. Glass. Not the shiny obsidian of our ancient ancestors, but rather something that belies intent, or at the very least, something which begins the 5,500 year journey from the glimmering flakes of primitive smelting byproduct to the James Webb Telescope and the fuzzy images of those first primordial galaxies. Clear, crafted, polished glass. The stuff of lenses. The stuff of lenses, which magnify light otherwise imperceptible to the natural eye. It is that glass which has followed humanity to access the fullest extent of the feedback loop along with our friend the Photon and all its innumerable brethren. It is the manipulation of glass which reveals a larger universe as well as a microverse, both ultimately being one and the same. All of this makes glass and lenses the mechanical addendum to our feedback loop. Perceptions of reality have changed constantly from the first glimmers of human intellect. Glass natural glass from silica or sand long predates Homo sapiens. Exotic amorphous manifestations called fulgurite are often the result of lightning strikes generating as much as a billion joules of energy and up to 3300 degrees Fahrenheit about 1815 degrees Celsius. From salt pillars to fulgurite structures our earliest ancestors were rightly awed and inspired to finding sublime spirituality. There is an instinctual penchant for human beings to find human form and faces in nature. Called periodolia, it is hardly a psychological phenomenon as it is often described but an essential aspect of our social behavior. It is also essential to the artist. We find the first evidence of man-made glass beads about 3500 BC in Mesopotamia and Egypt, perhaps the byproduct of metalworking. This is the dawn of the Bronze Age, but metalwork, principally copper, the Chalcolithic period, has already existed for at least 1500 years, beginning around 5000 BC. But everything is connected, particularly in the ancient world. Apart from the episodic and dramatic historical narrative of warfare and conquest, there is a continuum of learning and knowledge which proliferated throughout the ancient world, often in opposition to our more violent selves. 
The trade in knowledge and innovation has a potent and important aspect of trade as commerce in tangible goods. The advent of agriculture in centrally anchored sedentary societies illustrates the point beautifully. You're listening to A History of Light for the Artist, a narrative from the Big Bang to the Renaissance by W.C. Turk.